to work our way through uh, the lectionary as we prepare for Lent in just a couple of weeks, uh, where we'll take a different direction. But uh, usually in sermon preparation, I find myself honing in on one passage of Scripture. It usually, whether, whether it's kind of pre-prepared uh, uh, by, by something like the lectionary or, or whether we're in some sort of series, almost always there's, there's a passage of Scripture and the sermon uh, is about kind of honing in on that one passage, mining it for its wisdom, and exploring the ways that it remains relevant and, and helpful for us today. You, you, there's one thing, and, and you're going to go as deep as you can into, into that one passage, one passage for one sermon. Uh, but the beauty of the lectionary is that it puts multiple passages of Scripture in conversation with each other. Uh, the, like these people that are smarter than I and have done uh, all sorts of uh, worship arts work in the past uh, and, and know their Scripture inside and out, they've arranged this resource in a way where they've gathered these texts together that, that speak to uh, e- each other well. They have a conversation well with one another. Uh, and, and sometimes that conversation between the texts and not just the texts themselves also has something to teach us. Like the individual texts have something to teach us, as we'll see in just a moment. But when you lay these two texts side by side, something about the conversation between the two speaks volumes as well. And that's what happened this week in the lectionary. So so this morning, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture. I'm going to have them read in just a moment. Uh, and, And they're they're both profound. They're both some of my favorite passages in, in all of the New Testament. Uh, and yet what I'm interested in exploring uh, this morning is less about what these individual passages say and, and more about what the two of them say when they're held side by side. Like when you put them together in a grouping of readings, suddenly uh, this one had said this one and this one had said this, and, and when you put them side by side, they say something almost entirely different and equally profound. And so I'm interested in exploring that this morning. These two passages both speak about creation having something to declare, about creation speaking. But in each passage, creation is saying almost exact opposite things from the other one. Creation says this in one and and says this in the other. And I find that dichotomy really, really fascinating and something worth exploring. So I'll have my readers come up at this point, if you would, Uh, Sarah and Pat. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, 
Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we wear? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as, to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Beautiful. So two passages about creation, uh, but two very different messages. Uh, creation both declares the glory of God and the wondrous nature of creation, as we saw in the Matthew passage, and it simultaneously cries out that things aren't right and longs for them to be made right, as we saw in the Romans passage. In one, things are Things are fantastic. In Matthew, creation is right and perfect and free from anxiety and worry. All is well. God is in control. Everything seems great. And we're to echo uh, this, the, the okayness of creation. But then in Romans, creation screams with the pains of childbirth that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. It longs for things to be made right, for new life to be birthed into the world. One passage about creation, things are great. And then in the very next, there's this guttural need for redemption and restoration. And I love that these two passages are laid out next to each other in the lectionary. I love that they're put together because the conversation between these two passages reveals a great and profound truth about God's created order. And here it is. It can be both. It can be both. It can be one thing and it can be another thing. Creation can be at peace uh, and shalom, the way that things were meant to be from the very beginning, and simultaneously creation can be longing for redemption and restoration. And so again, we're not exploring either one of those 
con- the contents of those passages, I'm interested in exploring what, what emerges from laying them side by side and that it's, it, it can be both. We can be both. It's not just one thing or the other. It's not this passage or that passage. It, it can be both. We can be both and people and not just either or people. We can be people of both commendation and critique. We can be both praise and protest. We can both love and expect more. Things can be great and we can always improve. They can always be better. It doesn't have to be this passage or that passage. It doesn't have to be this idea or that idea. Uh, there's some sort of strange dichotomous harmony in the way that God has created his order. These two passages laid side by side with two distinct messages remind us that it's not always either or. We can resist the cultural demand to live black or white lives. It sucks us into this lie that it has to be this or it has to be that. It has to be the Matthew passage, or it has to be the Romans passage. It has to be this idea or that. Uh, We can resist that. We can embrace a world of color. We can be okay with disagreement. We can intentionally and peacefully engage difference without needing to pick a side. It doesn't have to be either or. There can be a bit of right in their wrongness and a little bit of wrong in our rightness, it can be both. It can be both. We can both praise God and be mad at God. And we see this all throughout the Psalms uh, over and over again. You think about Psalm 145. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. Beautiful praise. All is well in this psalm. And then there's something like Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Uh, It can be both. Both psalms can be true. Uh, Our faith allows for all the emotions, all the thoughts, all the ideas, praise and protest. It's not one or the other. You can both trust God and experience doubt. You think about a character like Thomas. He's a fantastic disciple with Jesus to the very end and beyond. He's a fantastic man of faith and does great things for the kingdom of God, and yet we know him as the doubter. We know him as doubting Thomas, somebody who was curious and doubted and asked questions and wanted to know more, and we sometimes write that off as being a bad quality, and yet it can be both. You can be faithful and a doubter all wrapped up into one. It doesn't have to be one or the other. We can both honor, respect, and love people and not condone their behavior when it doesn't match up with the, the way of God. You think about the woman caught in adultery that, that is brought to Jesus. Jesus honors her. He respects her. And in the end, he ultimately saves her very life. 
He, he loves her profoundly, and yet before she can walk away and go on to her life, he says, go and sin no more. It doesn't have to be either love uh, or, uh, or judgment. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It all can be wrapped up together. It can be both. We can be both. We can be both and people in a world that longs for us to be either or. We don't have to get stuck in a one way or the other mentality. We can transcend that either or way of approaching the world. We can both hold our identities with some sort of tightness and fidelity and we can simultaneously be open to learning from and loving people who differ from us or at the very least we can be kind to people who differ from us. To be both and is not the same as being cowardly or compromising. To be both and people is actually a great strength and something that we should strive for. And there's all sorts of examples of ways in which being both and in our world is actually a really beautiful way to live. We can be both patriotic and hold our country to high standards, higher standards. We can love our country and be proud of the place where we live. And we can see it for the ways in which it isn't quite right and it can always be improved. We can love the church and hate some of the things that it does and call it to be more and better than it is. It, it can be both. We can both reap the benefits of systems in our world and also be critical of them. We don't, it doesn't have to be either or. We can be proud of our schools, our churches, our neighborhoods, our cities, and always expect more of them. We can both grow, mature, progress in our faith, our life, our politics, our ideology, and we can still honor our past. Growing and progressing, move for, moving forward, doesn't mean that we're instantly uh, uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater and, and calling the past hu a huge mistake. We can honor that. The Super Bowl halftime show can both be racy, suggestive, suggestive graphic, and not so kid-friendly, and it can also be a moment of strength and celebration of women from different cultures. It can be both. There's parts of that that were both. It's both and. We can both support our troops and our veterans here, and we can long for less military action in the world and more peace in our world. It can be both. We can both support, we can both vote for and support a political party or a politician, and we can be willing to call them out when they're wrong. It can be both. We can both support a political party and refuse to treat the other party like they're totally evil. It doesn't have to be one or the other. The world says pick a side while demonizing the other side. And Jesus says blessed are the peacemakers, the people who refuse to play that game of either or. Division and strife rule our country, black versus white, Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus liberal, mainline versus evangelical, bobcat versus grizzly, us versus them, enemy pitted against enemy. 
But Jesus says, love your enemies. Treat them the way you would like to be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and. We don't have to rigidly pigeonhole ourselves into one way of thinking or acting. We can be open. We can learn and grow. We can embrace interactions with those we disagree with. We can love something without making it an idol and refusing to challenge it or ask it to be better. We can differ from someone without demonizing them. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both. We can be both. We can be both and people. And, and there's incredibly transformative power if we can actually do that. It's hard, but if we can be both, if we aren't just stuck in the binary of either or, if it doesn't have to be fight or flight, then being both and people keeps us from being either angry, defensive, cynical, or antagonistic, or unaffected, uncaring, passive, or unaware. An either-or world teaches us to fight or flee from difference and disagreement. It teaches us that one way is all right and the other way is all wrong. It teaches us to cluster with the like-minded. But if it isn't one way or the other, if we can disagree without hatred, fear, or argument, if we can love a place or a person or an idea and also critique it, if we can see the validity, validity of an idea and also critique the problems of that idea, if we can see the wisdom, the beauty, the goodness of people, and also critique people's wrong ideas, actions, and behaviors, if we can do this, if it can be both, if we can move beyond the binary duality we often get stuck in, then our response will transcend the fight-or-flight binary and actually make a difference in the world. Our love, our worship, our praise, our commendation won't just be mindless and robotic acquiescence to one certain person or idea. We're not just drones that are just going through the motions and, and unaffected by the other side. And our critique won't just be complaint or whining, but it will be the kind of critique that is actually willing to work for the change that we think needs to happen in the world. And, and we can be a mediating presence of love and peace amidst strife, disunity, hatred, and violence. What if, in this contentious election season that awaits us, What if Christians were the ones that transcended this either-or binary and actually got people together to talk about things that matter and remind us that we actually hold way more in common than than we sometimes are tricked into thinking we do? Uh, If we can be both and, then we can partner with people that we wouldn't normally work with in bringing kingdom goodness to our neighbors and our neighborhoods. We can transcend the black and white discourse and be countercultural people of blessing that are willing to work in the middle and actually see the blessing of both sides. Being both and people allows us to transcend the divide, 
to connect with people across the metaphorical aisle, and to partner with God in the same work that Jesus was up to while he was here on earth, blessing anyone and everyone that he encountered, regardless of who they were or what they believed or how they lived or which political faction they supported, while simultaneously not being afraid to call out what, that which needed to be corrected. It can be both. We can, we can be both. Now, I want to close uh, our time this morning by spending a few moments uh, in kind of silent reflection about the ways in which we get tempted by this either-or mentality. I think it strikes us all in different ways, uh, but the temptation is there to be divided from that person, to choose a side and say, I won't work across the aisle. I won't work with that person. They're wrong. Uh, they're bad, they're evil, however we want to talk about it. There are, we are tempted to be split by this either-or mentality. And so I want us to spend a few moments kind of in silent reflection, thinking through the ways in which we succumb to this either-or mentality when we could actually embrace a both-and way of life. And then asking, us to, to, asking God to free us from this binary way of approaching the world. So uh, Maddie's going to put a prayer up on the screen. And uh, uh, so I'm inviting you to, to reflect and, uh, and to think about your life, uh, to think about the ways in which you're tempted into an either-or mentality. And then maybe this is a prayer that you can be praying uh, to, to rid yourself to, so that we can rid ourselves of that either-or mentality and step into a, a more helpful place of both and. So, so uh, I'll invite you to pray this t- to yourself. Uh, we're maybe not vulnerable enough to pray it aloud, but you can, you can sure do that if you want to. But you can fill in the blank when the time comes in the prayer about the ways in which uh, you are tempted uh, into an either-or mentality. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and silent reflection as we close.
if anybody is willing to share, please feel free. You, you can actually share aloud, pray this to God. Lord God, we are tempted to have an either-or mentality about all sorts of things. To dig in our heels and pit ourselves against the opposition. Help us to open our minds and our hearts, listen to the other, and be willing to engage with people of difference. Help us to be both and people in an either-or world. Amen. A few announcements worth mentioning on